Blog Talk Radio. Block Talk Radio Nation. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there, and thank you for joining us on a little late edition of Upon Further Review. I am LeVar, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Katie. What's going on? I don't know. Happy Father's Day, everybody. It's been a whirlwind of a couple of weeks since we had a little difficulty getting yeah, things moving the last and time. I, I know. No thanks to at and No but, thank uh, you. No shout-outs to them. Yeah, no shots the other day. But that's a different story for a different time because we have a lot to cover tonight. You know, in between that, I will say uh, congrats to the Los Angeles Kings who won the Stanley Cup. Um, we're going around for that, but they uh, – yeah, I know. But we're going to start right off with the sports scoreboard for tonight. And, of course, if you were watching game three of the NBA Finals, you saw the Miami Heat – Beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 91-85 in that game. I will tell you, uh, quite an interesting game. Um, yeah, I don't know about I don't know about you, but when I watched that game, it was Oklahoma City's to lose, and they played yeah. well enough to win, but they just wound up short, and that was due to their own fault. Turnover City, I just couldn't believe. When Kevin Durant gets in foul trouble, that means other people aren't stepping up. And and that last turnover by Westbrook, who I like to say he is known for his turnovers. Yeah, and it's coming at the wrong time. And uh, yeah. LeBron, LeBron James, 29 points, 14 rebounds, uh, three assists in that game. Kevin Durant, as Katie mentioned, 25 points, six rebounds, two blocks. But, you know, it's always important, too, when you look at the second banana numbers, as I call it, well, you know, you had Jordan's numbers in the finals, and you said Pippen's numbers. If Pippen did well, you know the Bulls did well. Yeah. Or if somebody stepped up. And in this case, Dwayne Wade, 25.7 rebounds, 7 assists tonight. Uh, Westbrook, 19 points. But, you know, I looked at it. I, I kind of had to look down at it, and I was looking for at least one difference there, something that made a difference. And I think there's a couple of things here, and you can agree or disagree with me. Oklahoma City, from the free throw line, 15 of 24, uh, Miami, 31 of 35. They had Oklahoma City had 25 fouls in that game. Miami only had 19. And then uh, Miami had 19 fast break points. Oklahoma City only had 12. Yeah. And then the last thing here that is a glaring thing is that I know as much as Oklahoma City fans hate to mention this, but as James Harden goes, so goes the Thunder. Harden yeah. in this game, only 2 of 10 from the field, 0 for 4 from the three-point range. And for Miami, they had quite a bit of production off the bench. You can talk about uh, Adonis Haslam, who came in only went 1 for 1, but had 4 of 4 from free throw line, three rebounds and a block. And how about Shane Battier? Yeah, Battier is uh, showing at this series. What a time to shine. 
he is becoming a thorn in the side of the Thunder, and I don't know if as long as Gradier is knocking down threes, those threes technically kind of made the game. I mean, if you're looking at it, those yeah. two threes pretty much be different in points. And right now, well, they keep letting them stand down there in the corner. They keep coming to the yeah. lane to help because Miami's huge in the paint. So what do you do? You give up yeah. all the points in the paint, or you let them drain a three. You know, I mean, what do now, you what do you do? Yeah, and I do have a question for you here because I've heard this throughout the last few days, and I'm not sure. You know, Jeff Van Gundy mentioned it on ABC, and I know I've heard Oklahoma City fans mention the same thing, but everyone seems to be upset with the type of stalling kind of offense that Miami plays down near the end. Now, that almost came to bite them in the behind back in game two. And you see it where it's about three minutes left, and they'll slow it down, and they'll take up the entire clock. Now, me, on the other hand, I am one of those people where I'm thinking, well, if you've got the ball and you're up by about seven, eight points with about three minutes left, why not run the clock Yeah, down? I don't see what's wrong with that. Slow down the pace. You know, <laughs> you've got the lead. That's the kind of ball they want to play. They want to hammer down the lead. And then when it's time to slow it down, step up, play D, get the steals, take fast breaks, fine. But we're going to slow down the clock. We're not going to give you the kind of time that you want to make these plays and come back. I'm like, that's the whole point of it all. You want to make sure they don't have enough time to make a comeback. And I, I don't know. But game four will be Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern time on ABC. Should be an interesting week ahead. We've got uh, uh, games four and games five, and they're all there in Miami. And, uh, of course, six and seven will be back in Oklahoma City. Should it get that far? And I know it will. Uh, but where does Oklahoma City go from here? What If you're Coach Scott Brooks, what do you do here in game four that did not work for you in games two and three? Well, better defense, out-rebounding. When when LeBron James has more rebounds than everybody on your team, you know, they're just not boxing out. They're, they're letting people just take them in the paint. They're not drawing any fouls. I mean, they just need to be better with defense. They need to do the kind of basketball they play, fast breaks, you know pick and rolls, these things need to be done in order for them to play the kind of basketball they play. Mm-hmm. So they need to take control is what I think they need to do. Quit letting Miami run the show, and then they need to play Thunder basketball. Yeah. Well, we will all be watching. Uh, I actually do have to admit, this is a very good final so far. Each game has come down toward the end. That you just did not know, you know, uh, that's what you expect between two good teams. And, you know, I know a lot of people didn't want to see the Miami Heat there, but I, I'd rather see them there and give Oklahoma City teams. a tough time. At, nope. Yeah, and two best teams. That's all you could look for. So I'd rather the Bulls be there, but, of course, do you yeah. Derrick Rose, but that didn't happen. So uh, going ahead here on the scoreboard in golf, it was Webb Simpson uh, winning by a stroke here over Michael Thompson and Graham McDowell. And I'm not sure if you watched the six and a half hours of golf over on NBC at the U.S. I watched a lot of golf today. You'd be surprised. My Lord, that was a long day of golf. You have to be a fanatic to watch. (laughs) All of it, right. I watched uh, the beginning of the day, and then basketball came on. I said, see ya. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to feel bad for Graham McDowell. It comes down to like a a 24-foot putter or whatever that was, and he missed it, and it went wide left. Way wide. 
Yeah, and it looked like something that could be easily made, and it just looked like he rushed that puck there on the 18th. But uh, Webb Simpson uh, picking up the win here. Uh, Yeah, $1.4 bucks is the uh, winning prize there. Tiger Woods, uh, he pretty much fell out of contention there. After the first day. day. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Also on the scoreboard in soccer, a lot of that going on with the group stage games. Germany over Denmark 2-1. Portugal beat the Netherlands 2-1. And then I will tell you tonight, if you are a fan of, uh, uh, let's see, NASCAR, it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, um, breaking a 143-race drought, winning the Sprint Cup Series at Michigan. Tony Stewart finished in second, Matt Kenseth finishing in third. And you know what? The weird thing about this is that I was hoping that it would be a Tiger Woods win today because here's what happened. I think the last time Dale Earnhardt Jr. won a race was when Tiger Woods last won a major, which I think was that uh, U.S. Open of a few years ago. So (laughs) it would have been like... What a Cinderella finish that would have been. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, WNBA action tonight, Connecticut over Atlanta, 75-73. Tulsa beat Phoenix, 87-75. And Seattle beat Minnesota, 65-62. And now we go over into baseball, where it was a ridiculous day uh, for the Pirate uh, Pedro Alvarez, who had two home runs, six RBIs, as the Pirates beat Cleveland, 9-5. Also on the schedule here, Detroit over Colorado, 5-0. Toronto beat Philadelphia, 6-2. Cincinnati over the Mets 3-1. The Yankees continuing their kind of hot streak here this month, beating Washington 4-1. Baltimore over Atlanta 2-0. Tampa Bay, like Miami, 3-0. That's like three shutouts already, and I haven't even finished the schedule today. Um, (laughs) Minnesota beat Milwaukee in 15. and It was two 15-inning games, and I'll give you both back-to-back. Minnesota beat Milwaukee 5-4 in 15, and then also another 15-inning game, which saw Kansas City beat St. Louis 5-3. It was the Rangers over the Astros. Yeah, I know. In the Battle of Texas, 9-3. The Angels beat Arizona 2-0. San Diego over Oakland 2-1. Seattle beat San Francisco 2-1 in 10 innings. The Dodgers come back, beat the Sox 2-1. And then in a Sunday night game, it was the Red Sox beating the Cubs 7-4. They almost so, brought it back in the bottom nine. There was three on, no out business. Yes. But then in Cubs uh, fashion, they jumped. So, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah and that was there earlier this week when they played the Tigers and nearly choked, but they came back and won. But that was thanks in part to some errors. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's only so many times <laughs> uh, that we can do that a year. But speaking of baseball, this has been quite a last month or so. We've seen somewhere in the uh, neighborhood of, what, three no-hitters, two perfect games. And a games. perfect game. Uh, actually, two. Matt Cain. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Who was the other one? Yeah. Uh, Matt Cain and then Phil Humbler are the uh, Sox. Phil so Humbler. I didn't know that was this month. Yeah, yeah, I know it was last month. Net, yeah, it's all within that stretch here. You know, it's like the first month and a half. But, I mean, okay. even then, early on in the season like this, we're only, like, really good, like, two months in. I'm not counting April. Nobody likes to count April. Well, um, I guess. Are you as amazed as I am at the fact that we've already seen such a high amount of no-hitters in perfect games. I mean, you you and I both remember growing up, it was always like maybe one or two a year, and usually it was a Ryan that do it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and already we've seen perfection here, especially in the last few seasons, 
a lot more times than I think than we did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s combined. But coming from two of us to love baseball, I I know I can speak for ourselves and saying that I would rather see a perfect game and a no-hitter any day than seeing 15 home runs and tons of fancy, you know, hitting and running and scoring. Because when it comes down to the technicality of baseball, that's what you want to see. Yeah, and I guess, you know. On the edge of your seat. But is it bad the hitting at this point, or watered down hitting, or is it the pitching that good? I would have to say it's probably a combination of both. I'm a, I'm going to go on a limb and say that the pitching's just gotten a little better, or maybe it's humid, or maybe the wind isn't blowing. I don't know how many factors can we add into it, but I'm just excited about it. So yeah, it it is a great thing for baseball, and it is uh, nice to see and. Um, I guess it's it's just amazing to me that we've already seen two perfect games this season, and, and you know I look back over 20 years of this sport, and I don't even remember two within that 20 year span. But hey, I think it's ball. incredible more that that Mariners game had a combo of no hitters. Everybody yeah. that came in, I thought it was incredible. What was it? Six pitchers? Pretty much. <laughs> six pitchers, and you know, at that point, if I'm the pitcher, I'm like, I don't want to give up a hit. I don't want to be the one that knows. Yeah, I don't want to be the guy. <laughs> you do not want to be the guy. Um, <laughs> you will never hear the end of it. But yeah, I don't know. But guess what? We're going to talk a little football. And uh, even though the NFL season, I mean, we've had OTAs and uh, training camps are coming up soon. But uh, one football note that came across the wires today, and that was in regards to Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, according to ESPN and several other sources, he will sign a contract tomorrow with San Diego, but no, it is not to play. It is uh, that ceremoniously thing in which we know then, and he is expected to announce his retirement. Um, yeah. Tomlinson, of course, who was the NFL in 2006, will leave as the fifth leading rusher in NFL history, he spent nine years in San Diego, two with the Jets, before I say in a way that he was kind of forced out of San Diego by their general manager, A.J. Smith, but that's another story for another day. Uh, five-time Pro Bowler, uh, had a career year in his MVP season, had 31 touchdowns, uh, 28 of those rushing uh, over 1,800 yards, and he leaves fifth in rushing yards, fifth in rushing attempts, second in rushing touchdowns, third in total touchdowns, First ballot Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Without a doubt. No question. He's one of the top ten running backs to ever play football in my mind. The top, wait, where did you play with? Top ten. Oh, top ten. Okay. I thought you said top two. I was going to say, whoa. No, <laughs> I know I'm a girl, but I'm not that silly. <laughs> No, no, no. I, my, my hearing was a little bad here. I thought you were either really a good Chargers fan who really wanted to No, I don't like the Chargers. I knew it was me. I had to uh, listen to that. But, yeah, I, I kind of agree with everybody else. It, it's like it's like it is with, uh, and I know you're going to like this, but it's like it is with Chipper Jones this year. Uh, you know, to, yeah, yeah. to be blessed to see these guys play, especially in the era that they played. And, and Danian's kind of like Chipper where that's the first ballot hall. There's no question about it. None. Uh, the only bad thing was the last couple of years where 
you know, he was primarily used as a, I guess, well, he wasn't a back. back, but he was more. Yeah, pretty much. And even then, it was, I think he, it, with the Jets in that last season, I think he only had like 275 rushing yards. Uh, it pretty much used uh, either in a passing situation or a blocking situation. It, it really wasn't the same. It, it would have been nice had LaDainian had one more year and he could play it in San Diego. But um, but because of the tip. Sometimes that's not how the cookie crumbles, LeVar. Yeah, I, I know. I know, and it's it would but always it's nice be nice. That they're going to do this for him, especially when he means so much to the community of San Diego. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's good to see, and uh, congrats to Ladanian there, uh, and best wishes. And now we lead to the ones that are left, and that, of course, is breaking down the work of the remaining players, who are pretty much headed towards what we call holdout status. And according to the BleacherReport.com. Yeah. Uh, they took a look at some of the remaining holdouts. And I'll go through a couple of them here to start for you. And, of course, at the top of the list is Matt Forte. And according to Dan Pompey of the Chicago Tribune, Forte's agent wanted $8.5 million a year. Now, that's not bad considering his consistent production each year in the league. Uh, he's a complete back, and he's only 26. So you, of course, would think that a good four to five years is left in him. And that per year average is a good number in a four-year deal suit as well as it would take Forte pretty much through the age of 29. Uh, then they go on and talk about Dwayne uh, Bowie, and they say with Vincent Jackson down in Tampa Bay, uh, Bowie immediately became the best receiver in the AFC West, and although it's a run-oriented division, the Chiefs desperately need him to contend for the playoffs. Yeah. His franchise tender is $9.5 million, which isn't bad considering he didn't get consistent until 2011, but as for a longer deal, they thought that he was worth that number each year for five years. He's only going to, he's going to be 28 this fall, so he can still make plays to his early 30s. Um, yeah. And then there's Drew Brees. Uh, he wants 20 million plus. The Saints want to remain below 17 million because of the exclusive franchise tag. And it says taking into account New Orleans' official losing record, if he remains out, they have to find some type of common ground. So they say, why not a five-year, 100 million dollar contract? And it would take Breeze through the age of 20, 37, and it would hit about 20 million a year. I'll stop right there. Out of those three, right now, who do you see holding up? Dwayne Boy. So you think Matt Forte will show up at Bears camp? Is that I think he will. I hope he does. No. Um, he no. needs to prove himself. He got hurt, and now he's got to come back. I mean, what, are you going to put all your, your eggs in one basket and hope that? No, they went out and got some help in hopes that Matt will come play football because he's already said that he would and that he's supportive of the Bears organization and their decision-making. Well, I think if anybody it, has a big ego, it's always the wide receiver, mm-hmm. minus Terrell Revis. Um, but Drew Brees is going to play, and he's going to show up for the fans in New Orleans, and he's going to get his money, but there's no way they're going to sign him to a deal until he's 37 years old. Let's be serious. Well, That's like grandpa yeah. age for quarterbacks. <laughs> there's been some good mid- to late 30-year-old quarterbacks that uh still decent, not Consistent, but still decent. Uh, 
So you don't think that New Orleans would reward him for all the years that uh, they did well? And I mean, it's not like he has any nagging injuries or a neck injury or anything that he's coming off like that. I mean, if you would think that that offensive line will protect him, at this point you'll be grooming a younger quarterback behind him for a few years or maybe in the next year or two draft somebody. I don't know. Uh, I've seen good quarterbacks late in the I know they're not like they're not going to be like Cam Newton, you know, run around and you know could still run, but they could still get the job done. So you don't think that they will reward him with a long-term deal like that? True. Or if you're GM, would you? <laughs> I think I would make a compromise on a shorter deal with option for two more years. You know. That way you don't make it one year, and then you're sitting here preseason and talking about franchise tags and longer deals, and just give him, what is it, give him six years. Sounds fair. You know, give him the amount of years you really think he's going to be productive. And that same amount of time, you put that two-year option on the end of the deal, you've got two years to work out another deal. If he's doing what you want, give him a short deal. You know, there's no way he's going to get... What Pujols got, you know, that's silly. Yes. He doesn't play first yeah. base and or DH. He is the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get hit. Now I have, touches the ball every yeah. time. Well, now I have a few more cases for you here, Judge, and there is quite a few big ones here. Uh, despite being only 25 years old, Ray Rice was still given the franchise tag at $7.7 million, and he remains the sole focal point of the Baltimore offense. Now, with that, according to the Bleacher Report, they say they think that he deserves a five-year, $50 million deal. Now, he's coming off his best season, and he's played at a consistently high level and is in the prime of his career. And they're saying that the Ravens don't lock him up in the long run now. They'll regret it later on. Yep. Another case here, uh, one of the standouts on the dismal Detroit offense was, uh, defense, I'm sorry, was Cliff Hazel, who was tagged for $10.6 million, but has played increasingly better with each season. So the Lions cannot afford to have him in the long run. Otherwise, postseason odds will be ruined by the lack of a defense. They said that yeah. number is fair for a per-year average, but he deserves at least a five-year deal because his outside presence and improved consistency is worth the longevity. But who says Another deserve? Case, you know, like, who's in charge of this? The writer? He thinks they deserve it? Well, he can play him. Yeah, I know, right? It's probably just a fan. <laughs> uh, probably lives in Detroit. I don't know. It probably does. And then another one here. Uh, Matt Prater, who will be making more in 2012 than 11 because of the franchise tag. And that said, he's never had a contract longer than two years. And they think that after uh, his consistency from last season, uh, they think that it's good. Um, see, Matt Prater, I don't know. Kicker? I don't know. Nope. Doesn't I'll deserve. Think. He's making more money with the franchise tag. Tell him to quit crying about it. I know. Kickers are a dime a dozen. Uh, I think you could pretty much. Uh, even if somebody's like a ninety percent kicker, you'll do you'll do okay. Not to um, mention, what about Wes Welker? What's going on? You know what? They did not mention Wes Welker. I know they go on to mention in this article about Josh Kobe. Uh they go on to mention about Deshaun Goldson. They do not mention Wes Welker, but I would think oh and they also mentioned Michael Griffin. Um they do not mention Wes Walker, and I don't. I do believe did Wes Walker sign his? I think he did. His uh, franchise tag. I do believe he signed that. Uh, no, I mean he's going to play there, but I don't think everybody's real happy about it. 
No, probably not. And the thing is, is that I come to trust New England's instincts here over the last. Yeah, they picked uh, up Barrett off so. the waivers. Yeah, I, I, I trust their instincts here because you and I both know whenever New England, not I guess I wouldn't say give someone a brush, but whenever they tend to uh, short-term deal someone or they release someone, and then somebody goes ahead and they're like, hey, let's pick them up. And it just doesn't turn out well. You know, there's a reason New England probably did that. And I, and I would say, given their consistency over the last 10 years, I am not doubting again why they would give welcome something. There's probably something there that they just don't feel long-term comfortable about. Maybe it's his mustache. Uh, what's going on with Revis? Is is he still crying about his bajillions of dollars for the best quarterback ever? You know, I saw something on Revis, and I do believe it all right now as well with Jets camp. I, I have not heard any. Well, you uh, can't say that or, all is well. They do have the two worst quarterbacks. Well. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where that's headed. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna end in know. a lot of funny I, clips on ESPN. Yeah, and I guess that now brings us up to a question. You know, what do you, and I know it's still early, and we're probably going to talk about this more often than not, even as we get toward the season. How do you see it right now? If you've got a crystal ball, what do you see happening with the Sanchez-Tebow situation out of New York? It's going to be the most hotly talked about thing going into the NFL season, I know, and we're going to be, like, bombarded to death by it. But what do you see happening in the, in the end? When we reach mid-December, how do you see that situation taking place? With hilarity. I feel like when Tebow was in Florida and he was like the wildcat guy, but at least the quarterback for Florida then actually could throw the ball decently, I think that that's exactly the way Sanchez and Tebow are going to play. He's going to be a third-down kind of guy, short yardage, running in for touchdowns, because if we all know – how the Jets do in the red zone when they can actually get there is not uh, high quality. Sanchez can't come through. So if they've got someone like Tebow who could just run down people, they'll do that. I think they'll score more points this year with Tebow running the ball in for touchdowns than last year. <laughs> you're Mark Sanchez, and you're looking at this situation are you calling your agent telling him to uh, begin to? <laughs> Just look into it. They're going to win a lot more games, I feel, <laughs> with Tebow on the team. Not because he's a great quarterback, but because he can score touchdowns and get first downs when you couldn't pay someone on the Jets to get a first down last year. <laughs> yeah, I think they should have put uh, another year of hard knocks with uh, the Jets this year. <laughs> That's going to be very interesting to you. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting year for them. That's correct. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Well, we've got about uh, probably a little bit less than about two minutes to go here. So is there anything that, uh, and I know we've been off here for the uh, last week or so, anything that uh, we missed here that you want to point out? Any shout-outs today? Um, We actually do have a shout-out. I say we because my sister's sitting right next to me. Um, we wanted to go ahead and shout out our dad. Happy Father's Day, Daddy! Ray Han, you're the best dad in the whole world, and we love you very, 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 very so much. Very, 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 very much. Totally. Yes, 
I will um, be sure to ship him a Sox jersey. Uh, he will be sure to send some anthrax back to your house. <laughs> he told he told me that my sister was way out of her inheritance money. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I have no worries about debt anymore. Yeah, she's gonna be out. So thanks for that, uh, man. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's not that bad. You know, I mean, it is when you've been a Cubs fan your whole life. <laughs> Unfortunately for I me, I'm did. not in that boat. So no, uh, I know, I know. You, you can walk in wearing a Braves, you know. Hey, I'm nationally, baby. Well. I, I know, I know. Well, and it's even worse because Marie likes the Cardinals, so at least I'm not like rivals with my father's team. No, technically I win. That's even better. Yeah. Better. I bet that was hard last year with the World Series win, but um, yeah. Yeah, I root for him. It's been a t- it's been it's a t- anyway to have the National League win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have the National League win. We've got less than sixty seconds, so with that, uh, the clock on the wall is telling us our time is up. It is good being back here again with you, my friend. Um, Absolutely. Looking forward to. A few Sunday nights here over the summer, and uh, we've got a lot coming up here in the next few weeks. NBA Finals, we've got uh start of training camp. Wimbledon! Oh, I want to shout out Nadal for winning the French Open. Congrats, buddy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Congrats. Eden Djokovic, so, get that guy out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, so baseball will be taking center stage pretty much by this time next week, unless the finals has ended. So, we've got a lot to cover here over the next few weeks, so we hope that you join us in for Katie, I am LeVar. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next Sunday night, everybody. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.